0: hey guys welcome back to the starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time this podcast comes out every Monday hashtag Milana Monday and it consists of three different segments the first one is called talkworthy where we pick a few things going on in the media and we try to offer a new or different perspective the second one is called BTS where we recap my past week any exciting finds interesting encounters and much more and the last segment is called TV recap where we recap all all things uh, TV, including reality TV, scripted series, docu-series, um, documentaries, movies, and everything in between. Um, as a reminder, there is a visual to this podcast. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Give this video a thumbs up, uh, subscribe, all the good stuff. And if you are watching on YouTube, there is an audio. Obviously, um, you can find me at on all um, audio podcast apps at starring Milana, and also follow me on Instagram at starring Milana. Now, if you're wondering why I look so good. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually, after this uh, recording, going to get ready to go to for, to a wedding. I'm basically almost already ready. I got my makeup done. Um, shout out to Anna Heart Makeup. I love the way she does my makeup. Not an ad, obviously. Um, and yeah, so I have my makeup done and I'm ready. I thought, you know what? I'm going to have my makeup done kind of early. The wedding doesn't start till later. Let me just quickly record um, before I get ready for the wedding. So here we are. This way I didn't have to do my own makeup which I am not as good as obviously. But yeah let's get straight into this um, episode. In this week's episode we are talking about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard verdict, selling engagement rings, the Tesla emails and much much more. Let's get started with uh, Talkworthy. Before I get into the three topics that I decided to talk about um, I didn't want to do this again like I did last week where we you know, talked a lot about the gun reform and my opinion on um, gun ownership and the, um, I don't know, I guess the the issues that I think our government um, has to face when it comes to the evaluations and gun reform. But there was another shooting that happened. I think there might have been two shootings that happened, maybe more, since last week. One of them was the Tulsa shooting, the hospital shooting, where a patient went and shot his surgeon and anyone that got in his way. Um, you know, again, same shit, different day, same opinion. And what's interesting is when I post my clips, this happened last week, it's happening again, when I post my clips, I don't know how, but I have everyone on the other side just bombarding me with a lot of their opinions. They're not so nice about it either. And I just have to say this, I I don't get why people think that just because we're saying gun reform, we mean like everyone's guns get taken away. You guys, the world is not this black or white. There is a gray area, which I think most people live in, or I think we should live in. It's not like yes or no. It's like, yes, you could, but this you know um this is what you have to go through i don't know why people just come like quickly jump on me they jump in these comments they say reckless shit they act like i'm taking their last breath away when i'm talking about gun reform i'm just fucking saying more like a proper like make it more regulated more evaluations i don't i don't know where the disconnect is but I just think that when people hear anything that has to do with gun reform, they freak out, especially people who own guns, they freak out and they just act like the world is coming to an end. So um, anyway, if anyone is new, uh, listening to my podcast that, you know, saw my clip and agrees with me or doesn't disagree with me, please do me a favor and just listen to the whole thing or, you know, just try to see another side of it. Um, You know, I think that we can all come together and figure out a better solution to what's happening instead of just like taking on everyone's guns away but also like without just giving anyone that turned 18 a gun right there's a better solution for this so please just be open-minded and consider um what the other side is really asking for uh they're not asking for complete like elimination of all weapons okay all right so let's just get straight into it aside from that um one of the biggest news stories this week was the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial has finally come to an end. Uh, for those of you who don't know what's been going on, in 2018, uh, Amber Heard wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post about abuse that she endured in her previous marriage. She did not name Johnny Depp, but everyone automatically assumed and knew that it was him, and it's true. She was talking about him. Um, that led to him losing a lot of endorsements, a lot of roles, a lot of money, essentially really affecting his career. And um, so because of that op-ed he sued her for 50 million dollars for defamation she then countersued him for 100 million dollars basically because she's saying well you can't sue me for lying now you're insinuating that I'm lying about the abuse I'm not lying about the abuse that's also defamation so it was like lawsuit on top of lawsuit and that's what's been going on for the past six weeks even though it appeared on social media that he was probably winning um, I wasn't really sure that he was going to win because defamation is really really tough to prove Um, but the jury decided that he was in fact. Defamed by Amber Heard, and they decided that the op-ed in the Washington Post was false. According to Vice, the jury said Depp proved that Heard acted with actual malice. The jury said that Depp proved all the elements of defamation and is owed $15 million in damages. The jury was also tasked with determining whether Depp defamed Heard based on three statements. According to the jury, only one statement was def- defamatory against Heard, and it said she would be awarded $2 million in damages. So, Um, I think this case made both of them look bad the text messages that came out the audio the videos the letters i mean the photos of both of their faces being bruised it just kind of made both of them look bad um there are text combos you know between johnny and his friends in which he's saying that he would fuck her dead corpse and he wants to see her burnt body or something like that um there's videos and audio recordings of her talking about how she didn't necessarily like hit him this way but she, she didn't deck him she just slapped him um so, yeah, the list goes on. It's, it looks really, really bad. So, the total in damages the jury decided was $15 million. The compensori- compensatory damages awarded to plaintiffs are designed to give justice to them after being wronged. For this, he was awarded $10 million. The punitive damages are designed to prevent others from being hurt by the same or similar actions. And for that, he was awarded $5 million. But Virginia has a cap for punitive damages at three hundred and fifty thousand, so it would have been $10,000,000 ten million and three hundred fifty thousand. But he has to pay her two million dollars that the jury awarded her for one of his, um, one of the his comments. So she technically owes him eight million three hundred fifty thousand dollars, not the fifteen million that we keep seeing. She put out a statement on Instagram saying that it's a disappointment and the amount of evidence against him still um, wasn't enough uh, because of his power and his influence, and she feels like she lost her freedom of speech. Um, Now, what this means for victims. So I don't know, like defamation. Yeah, this is a defamation suit. But if you have the proof, then you're not lying. Right. Um, And if you weren't mutually abusive, then you have nothing to worry about. I keep saying, seeing these things about, oh, this is going to affect victims. Victims aren't going to come out. I think there may be some people who are going to think two, three, four times, maybe never come out um, about it because they see, you know, a result like this. But if you have the proof or if you didn't lie or there's not like a mutually abusive relationship that we're talking about, then I don't see why you would feel like you couldn't come out. The only thing that I can imagine is if the abuse happened a long time ago and you didn't press charges at the time because you were scared or you didn't think anything was going to happen and you have no proof because you weren't, t- you didn't tell anyone, you were ashamed, and you try to come out now and, um, you know, uh, accuse somebody of it, then I can see people having a hard time believing it because you might not have any proof because you didn't keep any proof because you never thought you were going to come out. So I see that side of it. But I think that if an individual has the proof and if they weren't uh, mutually abusive in the relationship, they didn't add to the abuse in any way, then I actually don't think that it's going to affect victims like everyone else is um, saying that it is, you know? I'm a very Rational person, I'm pretty self-aware. I think that if I was in a situation like this before writing an op-ed talking about you know your abuse, the abuse that you endured, I would sit here and think to myself, did I in any way contribute to this? Now I know some people are gonna sit here and say like, okay, of course, like you're victim-shaming, you're victim-blaming. You're gonna sit here and say that victims are to blame. No, I'm not saying that at all. Like it's clear that in some way, Amber Heard was also a victim of this. What I'm saying is, I'm gonna sit here and think, did I contribute? to this abuse was I also abusive um and if I do see any signs of that I have to be very careful about what I'm putting out about another person because especially when you're this famous and you and you're this known like the information it's not going to just like you're not going to just put out an article and no one's going to say anything I think that she thought that this was the time to like write about her abuse and her experience and she didn't think that he was going to like clap back because you know it seemed as if maybe some of those things were true but at the same time she also was involved in the abuse. So it's like maybe she thought he wasn't going to say anything, but he did because he was trying to protect himself. So, you know, you have to stop and think to yourself, what was my contribution to this? And if you weren't abusive and you um, didn't do anything to cause the harm that was inflicted upon you, then you have no worries and you should come forward so I think this narrative about like now that this happened with Amber Heard now victims are going to be scared to come out it's like no but this victim Amber Heard came out gave us all this information gave us you know whatever and clearly you know she did face some some something it was a very tumultuous toxic relationship but at the same time she contributed to that relationship we saw it there's evidence right and it's not just me it's the jury saw it so it's like think before you you know, come and like write something like that about somebody you'd ruin their career. It's very damaging. And think about your actions in that situation. So if you have nothing to worry about, then by all means, please come out. You know, women need to we need to believe women 100%. But we don't need to blindly believe everyone. I think that we also need to, you know, do our research and figure it out because there are a lot of people that do lie about shit like this it happens all the time i've seen it so we have to be careful about the information that's given to us um we really can't judge a situation one way or another until we know all of the facts and this is kind of what this case proved it didn't prove that victims are now not going to come out and they shouldn't and every every case is going to be like this no every case is not going to be like this and it shouldn't be like this if you um didn't have this kind of mutually abusive relationship. Now I'm going to say allegedly because obviously I have to say allegedly, otherwise, you know, I don't want to get sued either for defamation. What I do think is a problem is, however, is watching how our society acted during this, this trial. Um, that without even knowing all the facts, they were mocking her. They were calling her a liar. They were laughing at her abuse. I mean, the memes, the TikTok laughing, it was really insane like without knowing all of the facts right obviously he endured it but she endured it as well and the internet was just a really sad place to watch because at the end of the day whether it was mutual or was exaggerated whether she's likable or not it's being trivialized as a joke and that was really hard for me to watch like what the internet was doing what people were reposting like as if it's a fucking joke and it's not a joke because both of these people experienced some sort of abuse and abuse is not funny um personally at first I thought like you know he should tell her like I don't need the money should Johnny Depp accept the money I don't know I think that there's two ways to look at the situation if he says um don't pay me the money this was not about the money this was about me proving that I'm innocent then it kind of looks like he slightly feels guilty for his part in it and he's just not going to take the money from her And that kind of like admits some sort of of ownership in the situation. Um, So I think that can happen. But at the same time, I feel like if he's like, yeah, pay me the money, it's like, maybe it's a lesser amount. It's like, pay me the money that I received, that you received in the divorce settlement, which was $7 million. You know, he gave her seven $7 million. Maybe he just asks for that back. Maybe it's a lesser amount. I don't know if she has this amount to pay him, right? She's also going to appeal. So maybe it'll, it'll never happen. Maybe it'll be a lesser amount. Who knows? It's really going to ruin, you know, her career and her work life for a while. I personally, if I were him, like I wouldn't take the money. I would just say, Hey, like you know, I just feel like I this was not the point, like keep the money, but just know that like, what you did was, you know, wrong, and you ruined my career and yada, yada, yada. And I would just say that if I were him, just because I'm a person who if I have the money, and I don't need it, I have the means, like, I'm not going to take that from someone else, because she is really going to struggle for a while, because I don't think she's going to get any jobs. And she's going to give him this like, chunk of money. I don't know what she's going to do. So Anyway, that's uh, that. Um, speaking of exes and drama, just as Travis Barker was marrying Kourtney Kardashian, his ex-wife, Shanna Mochler decided to sell off her engagement ring. Shanna and Travis were married from 2004 to 2008, and he bought her a four-carat round cut solitaire ring with a, a diamond encrusted man there was talk about it being from Cartier I don't know I think so I mean this article didn't uh, mention that at all the ring sold for $96,500 but she was hoping it would sell for more since she believes that it's actually worth $160,000 and I don't know if it's weird timing I don't know if she's being petty but she sold the ring right after they you know got married so it's like a little bit of like a weird timing um but you know, I don't know, according to her, she's not being bitter. This is what she said. I think it's a beautiful piece and it truly was my dr- dream ring. However, the chapter of my life is over. And even though wearing it one time, brought me great joy. I hope it will find a new home and continue to bring someone as much happiness as it once did me. It's truly an iconic ring. Um, and that just got me thinking, like, what do you do with a ring after you get divorced? You know, I feel like if, if money is not an issue and you don't, you know, if you if you're having money issues, sell the ring. If you're not having money issues and like you don't need the money, maybe you can wear it on another finger. You know, especially when it's like a ring like that, it kind of becomes like of a statement piece. So maybe you wear it on another finger. Maybe you take the diamond and you turn it into a necklace. Or if you have kids, which they do, they have two children together, you give it to your son or your daughter. Maybe your son can use it to propose to his future wife. Maybe your daughter, you know, you could give it to your daughter's Beyonce in the future um, it could go to one of your kids but I don't know about the relationship with her kids her relationship with her kids doesn't seem like it's great maybe I'm wrong it just doesn't seem like it so maybe that wasn't an option she also um, mentioned that she sold this to worthy.com which seemed like it was kind of like an ad so maybe she did need the money I don't know um, but I I probably, if I didn't need the money, I would definitely keep the ring um, unless I had a significant other who was kind of like, no, you can't wear your ex, you know, the ring that your ex-husband got you. Then I'd be like, okay, cool. I, I won't. Can I turn it to a necklace? And if he's like, no, I'll be like, all right, cool. Well, I'll just keep it for my kids because it's, it's their dad and I'll give it to them when they're ready for it. I don't know if I necessarily would have sold it unless I needed the money. And now I'm just realizing, I really do think it might've been like a money thing because she could have just sold it in private but she sold it it was very public she sold it on a website but it may be because like it's travis barker's name it holds a lot of weight so she decided to like sell it and use the name and do a whole thing about it because people will probably pay more money knowing that it's travis barker's ring that he gave her and it's you know it belonged to her and now he's married so now his name is like even bigger he's married to a kardashian so i don't know it's interesting um it might have been a little at situation. Who knows? Okay, guys, the last thing I'm going to talk about is Elon Musk because he is asking his people to come back into the office. An email was leaked in which he told them that they must return to in-office work uh, for at least 40 hours or they'd be fired. When I read that, I was like, at least 40 hours? How many hours are these fucking people working? What do you mean, at least? Like, that's the minimum, at least 40 hours, which is, like, full time. I was like, well, can I do 10-hour work days for four days do I have to come in all five days um that was interesting to me but yeah it looks like they're working way more than 40 hours um which is like if you're working way more than 40 hours you should be able to work from home that's fucking insane like what is this like labor force. He said in the email sent company-wide, anyone who wishes to do remote work must be in the office for a minimum, and I mean minimum, of 40 hours per week or depart Tesla. This is less than we ask of factory workers. He said he would directly review and approve any requests for exemption from the company's return to work policy, but emphasized to his staff, if you don't show up, we will assume you have resigned. When uh, a Twitter user asked him, to comment on if coming into work isn't an antiquated concept, he said they should pretend to work somewhere else. Um, you know, he has said before that Americans like, like avoid going to work at all, criticizing people against their work ethic in this country. He mentioned, um, you know, China's factory workers and how they work so hard and they work so hard that sometimes they don't want to come home at all. They don't want to leave the warehouse. And I don't know that I don't know what's going on in his company. Maybe people aren't working that much. I can't imagine the smart people that work at Tesla um, aren't like grinding hours even at home. But if they are, I don't know what's going on. But um, even if they are, I don't know if like going from what we just went through in the pandemic and everyone just kind of you know, getting used to working from home. I don't know if going from that straight to the office five days a week, minimum 40 hours is really like the best transition. I think that it's going to be kind of like a shock for a lot of people. I think that people like the company, like culture is not going to be great. I feel like maybe slowly easing into going back full time might be better. You know, I'm all for a four day work week. I fucking think that we should have adopted that a million years ago, it's like why are we working so much when we could be working, you know, four days a week, relaxing three days a week, or just working in out of in comfort. I think that's the best way to put it. I think one thing that pandemic has taught me is like you don't know, physically have to be in an office to get your work done. And I think that a lot of companies re- realize that, but for some reason, Elon Musk is not happy with the results, um, that he's getting from his employees and he's telling them to come back to work. I've been working from home and from the office. So I do both. I kind of decide what days I want to go in and what days I want to stay, um, home and, and work. And I realize that the days that I'm staying home, I actually tend to overcompensate, um, with the amount of work that I'm doing, because I kind of feel this like slight guilt of like, uh, oh, well, you know, that person's in the office or like, well, I should be in the office. It's a Tuesday. So like, let me do all the work, make sure I get all my work done. So I tend to overcompensate when I'm working from home. I tend to work more so i don't know and i think that's the the that's the truth for a lot of people i know that i've talked to people that work for different companies and they feel the same way they feel like they because they don't have to physically drive to an office they actually that hour they spend driving to work they wake up and start working an hour earlier like so instead of starting work at 9 a.m they kind of start at 8 a.m because they don't have to they don't have that drive and the same thing with like what time they clock out because they don't have to drive home. They're just kind of all, you know, there. And I'm always on, like I'm cooking dinner. My laptop's open. My phone's always available. I'm always on. I'm like always available to answer work stuff. I'm always working. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like, actually, I think it's maybe not great. It's kind of done the opposite effect. But the whole like going to an office, sitting there, wasting time, especially in L.A., driving and in like that ridiculous traffic is just like, It is an antiquated concept. You know what I mean? Especially since with technology, we have we can really just be anywhere in the world. There are some jobs that obviously you can't do this with. Like the factory workers, they physically have to go into the office. There's a lot of people that have to go into an office. But if you don't have to and your work is getting done, I don't understand why companies want you sitting there just fucking staring at the ceiling. I I understand like You know, half at home, half in the office. I don't mind that. I think that's not a bad idea. I do that. Like it's been working out great for me. So I don't know, maybe people just at Tesla were not working. But my thought is I think it's a little much for him to be sent this crazy ass email asking people for a minimum of 40 hours in the office. Anyway, that's all I have for Talkworthy. Let's get straight into BTS. I have a busy fucking week, month ahead of me. Like, first of all, welcome to June. Hello, Gemini season me I'm a Gemini my birthday is on June 9th um and I have a busy ass month I have three weddings to attend this year I'm going out of the country and also this is the busiest month of work for me I'm working like every day non-stop um so I'm trying to get everything done and for my birthday I'm actually going to like a it's technically a destination wedding it's in Laguna Beach but more Dana Point but it starts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. My birthday is on a Thursday. So we're going to go a day early to kind of celebrate my birthday. Um, and because of that, I don't know if I'm going to be able to release a podcast next week. I'm going to try really, really hard. But I'm going to be in Dana Point by the time I get back. I don't know what my day is going to be like. Because, guys, this takes me hours. Like, first of all, I do have a full-time. not, it's not full, Well, I have a job that I m- decide sometimes it's full-time, sometimes it's part-time. It's really on my schedule. I have that. Then I have this podcast. And it takes me a long time to record it, to edit it to prep for it so you know i try to release as much as i can also i'm still helping my parents remodel their house and also i have three weddings that to attend. i have to pack um to go out of the country i'm going to um south america so there's a lot going on right now and i'm trying to squeeze in as much as i can but so i don't really have anything super exciting for bts because i've really just been working and grinding this past week i did buy a few things the skims underwear i think it's like the everyone underwear if it's everyone i don't know guys it is so comfortable. This is another Skims product that like has not disappointed. I'm really shocked. Um I also bought the Nike Off Court Duo slides. I needed some new slides. I wanted them to be white. They're so cute. They're so stylish. I'm really excited about those. And I bought some stuff from Good American, but I'll let you guys know how it fits or how I feel about when I receive it. I haven't gotten it yet. And I also bought these two pairs of statement earrings from Revolve. I'm going to wear them with all these weddings I'm going to. So you guys will see those. Um, I don't really have a comment on them because I don't really know what they're going to be like uh, until I wear them. Maybe they're too heavy. Hopefully they don't break. You know, all the good stuff. Those are my recent purchases. I haven't watched a lot of TV. Again, super busy. I didn't get to watch Real Housewives of Dubai. And I did not watch the Kardashians. But I do have uh, a few things that I can recap. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um... Garcelle came to play this year. Like, I always like Garcelle. She's super rational, but... I don't know why she's being like kind of shady this year. She's doing a little bit of stirring, but it's okay. I'm here for it. Um, I'm loving her confessional. She's really, really cracking me up. I actually agree with Crystal when I feel like Garcelle kind of blindsided her with that comment. I don't think that Crystal would have set Sutton up. Like I don't think that's what she was intending to do. Um, But I do think like Crystal's reaction to that was weird. The fact that she said that what Sutton said was so dark in my mind, she did seem like she was alluding to something racist. Um, and I was just like, well, what is it? You know, if you're not going to say it, then don't bring it up. And she just wouldn't say it. And I just wanted to like, ah, say it. And then she wants to, you know, she gets mad at people for being like, well, you can't use the word dark and then tell us it was so dark. It was so bad, but not tell us what it was because what you're insinuating is that, sutton said some really fucked up shit and we're here and we're friends with this person who says fucked up shit um and she's like crystal's like again they're mad at me for using words dark is not a bad word dark is not a deep word it's not a big word dark is just a word it's one syllable it has one vowel like it's just a word like i don't understand no but like she doesn't get it i feel like there's something missing in her head where she doesn't understand that what you say words hold weight and using the word dark is really just you you there's a perception around the word dark and around the context of what you were talking about is making it seem like Sutton was really saying some racist ass shit so that was kind of annoying um I can't wait to see what happens and when Sutton confronts her next week. I'm also really confused about Diana's um, ex-husband. How much money did he really have? This is like crazy. She's so fucking rich. She never goes to a store because she has allergies. I don't know. Um, The last thing I will say is this Dory thing. I'm so sorry about what she went through. So, so sorry. But the fact that she went to Sutton's store opening and she said that Sutton is not being a good friend what kind of friend are you because you have the press there at your store opening calling Sutton self-absorbed is so bizarre to me because like that actually is a self-absorbed thing to say of Dorit like I'm not saying discounting what she went through but People have lives. They have businesses. They need press there. She's not, when she's telling press about her event, she's not thinking about, oh, Dorit's going to be there answering questions. Like, I would never think that. I'd just let you know, like, hey, this is an event. The press will be there, and I would just leave it at that. The fact that she, maybe I wouldn't even tell her because it would just slip my mind because the press is always there, and the cameras are always there, right? She's filming, while she's there, but the press is there. You could just ignore it. You don't have to talk to them. So I think that was weird that, um, Dory made that, um, comment. Okay. So the next thing is I finally finished Yellowstone. I, um, finished all four seasons of Yellowstone. I plan to watch the prequel, 1883, and I heard there's going to be another one after that. So usually the whole country cowboys thing is like not my vibe at all, but the show was definitely right up my alley. Shout out to my cousin um, who recommended it, but has great power dynamics in a family. The Patriarch Dad is like kind of reminiscent of um, Logan Roy from Succession, and so are the dynamics between the kids. There's a lot of side stories between the Wranglers, the Native Americans. Etc. I will say that for me, the summary, basically the overall theme of the show was really, like, really there wasn't another option. Really, like every time something happened in the show. The first thing that came to my mind was really... um, By the way, some spoilers are here. So if you haven't watched it, you're going to watch it. Just kind of like fast forward this part. Um, It seems that like the characters always pick the most damaging option. Like the most ridiculous like decision. It's like here's a road this way, here's a road this way. They always pick the most ridiculous road. Like it didn't have to go there. Like we didn't have to do this. Also the show like sometimes it was like a little obvious to me some of the things that happened, but it's cuz I'm really good at TV, like I can predict a lot, but it was kind of like obvious. Not not much was surprising me. Um anyway, here comes some of the spoilers. So, Beth, first I couldn't understand what this hatred for Jamie was. Like she hated him so much and it was so, she was so mean to the point where it was getting kind of like annoying and like way too dramatic and like they needed to write a sto- new storyline. That's what I was thinking. Then we find out what he did and it's kind of like, "Oh shit." Like all right, girl, like, I feel you. Um, I also figured, like, in season two or three, when she said to her dad, like, you don't love Jamie the same, you know, and you know you don't love him the same, I realized that she's saying that because he's probably adopted. And find out in season four, like, it's true, he was. Um, Rip is, in fact, my favorite character. I think that he's consistent, he doesn't fold, he's funny without trying to be. So I really enjoy Rip's character. Now, Monica's character is kind of like... Debbie Downer like she's always mad always sad like really like a mood kill in the show and I actually like her but in the show she's kind of like a mood kill but she's been better this um last season John Denton is exactly who he has to be like you hate him and you love him you root for him but you also don't feel good when he wins kind of like Tony Soprano um one of those characters and then in the last episode of season four when Jamie and this is what I really mean like really this is like the epitome of really um when uh D- Jamie did what he did to his biological dad like he couldn't just like reason with the Duttons like John specifically he couldn't like have a conversation with them and th- you know what John did the same thing when the whole governor thing happened he, he couldn't just talk to Jamie like he just go and blindside him this is what I mean with the show like really like guys there was no other option here like this is the route we decided to take um all in all great show i get the obsession i can't wait for season five um it's a paramount plus show but i've been watching it on peacock if anyone is trying to watch it let me know your thoughts about that the last thing i'm going to talk about very short and brief is brief conversations with friends which is on hulu so i read the book by sally rooney and then the show came out you know it was cool like I feel like if you didn't read the book and you just watch the show you will kind of enjoy it but because I knew what already happened um it wasn't like that exciting to me I did enjoy like kind of seeing the characters come to life and really seeing like who they cast for which um character but it was all in all it was like pretty good if you're someone who like wants more out of their characters like emotionally you're not going to get it from them so it's like a little bit frustrating uh Bobby's character, I think, was the most surprising to me. I think they did a great job with casting her. I really enjoyed her character. But all in all, it's a very cold show. Um, I just, you know, it's kind of, it's a little cold. There's not too much communication. It's very interesting. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I, I, I think I like the book more than the show, I have to say. But Yeah, that's really all I have. I'll catch up on all my other shows and hopefully have something for you guys soon. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Follow me um, on uh, Instagram, subscribe on YouTube. Guys, please, especially on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and a rating. It really, really does help me. Thank you so much and I'll be back next week.